Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. We have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its video podcast, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living. and welcome to you at home. Thank you for joining us and happy Mother's Day. I have uh, two Mother's Day poems for you. I'll read the silly one first. It's uh, by Bruce Lansky. On Mother's Day, it isn't smart to give your mom a broken heart. So here are things that you should, should, shouldn't say to dear old mom on Mother's Day. <laughs> Don't tell her that you'll never eat a carrot, celery, bean, or beet. Don't tell her you think smoking's cool. Don't tell her you've dropped out of school. Don't tell her that you drowned the cat. Don't tell her that you found a rat. Don't tell her when you're grown you'll be a starving poet just like me. <laughs> and then this one is very sweet. I had, a, I had a follow up with something better than that. And this was uh, author unknown. My mother kept a garden, a garden of her heart. She planted all the good things that gave my life its start. She turned me to the sunshine and encouraged me to dream, fostering and nurturing the seeds of self-esteem. And when the winds and rain came, she protected me enough, but not too much because she knew I need to stand strong and tough. Her constant good example always taught me right from wrong, markers for my pathway that will last a lifetime long. I am my mother's garden. I am her legacy. And I hope today she feels the love reflected back from me. So to our mothers everywhere, whether they're here or in heaven or wherever they are, so blessing to mothers. So, whoops. Yeah, okay, mom. I know you got that. Glad you heard that. <laughs> our monthly theme is light within the shadows and the topic today is opening to the light. And so the theme this month is looking at the shadow that we, we have fear often of the dark, and there's really a, a balance of light and dark. We need both. Uh, both of them are, are necessary in, world, in our world to live. They each have their own characteristics and traits. They seem to operate independently, but together it, they complement on us on the spectrum. So we 
all love to embrace the light, right? We sing about it, we talk about it, it raises our vibration. And the darkness is, has been given a bad name, but it's really the unknown or the mystery. And the two work together in synergy. And from one of my favorite authors, Barbara Brown Taylor, Learning to Walk in the Dark, she says, to be human is to live by sunlight and moonlight with anxiety and delight, admitting limits and transcending them, falling down and rising up. To want a life with only half of these things is to want half a life, shutting the other half away where it will not interfere with one's bright fantasies of the way things ought to be. So we need both to survive. And so what we're looking at this, this month is what's in the shadow that we're afraid of? What's going on over there? So we're gonna explore that a little bit and I promise you it'll be safe and easy. Nothing to be afraid of. The shadow self is just that repressed self, that those things that we've hidden away we didn't wanna talk about. Or maybe somebody told us uh, we were too loud or too noisy. Anybody ever tell you that? I'm so, yeah, yeah, all the time, right? Uh, too loud, too noisy. So we repress that, and then we feel uncomfortable about ourselves. So through this journey of life, we come uh, into these experiences where we have some kind of experience in life, and we make a decision about it. And sometimes it's not so favorable. Sometimes it's not, not so positive. Um, we don't understand what happened, but we created an error belief, meaning a belief that isn't true about us, but we made it up because it was the best decision we could make at the time. And so we suppress these, but they're still operating in us. And that's that voice in the back of the mind. You know that little voice that is always complaining and criticizing? Uh, some people call it the monkey mind. Uh, uh, or the, um, what was the other one? The voice in the back of the brain. It's a, there's all these names for that voice. And those are those beliefs operating. And I remember mine was hearing, you know, anytime I asked for something from my parents, especially my dad, um, no, we can't have that. There's no, we don't have enough. No, we can't do that. There's not enough. There's not enough. What do you think, money grows on trees? Still looking for that tree. Uh, so, so I came to believe that there's not enough and, and ultimately that I'm not enough. So I, I became aware of that early on. So that this backseat driver or this error belief is there, we can't get rid of them, but what we do through our work is we transform them. We have to bring them into the light to be able to see them and identify them so we can say, oh, I get you, I see you, I'm ready to release you. So the, the process is similar to the way when there's a dense fog. Have you ever been in a dense fog and then the sunlight comes through and it, it, it dissipates the fog and you suddenly see clearly. That's how we see those old beliefs, that there's kind of a dense fog and when we bring in that light of understanding, the light of prayer, the light of spirit, we, we pierce that fog and we see the light. 
Now, what happens is someone comes along, uh, we'll call them a neighbor. A neighbor could be a, a, an actual neighbor or a friend or a coworker or uh, a spouse. It could be anybody, but these, these neighbors come and they reflect that and they say the things to us that we are thinking in the back of the mind, but we don't want to hear it from them, right? You can't tell me I'm not enough. You can't criticize me. So we get upset at them, right? We don't want to hear it from them. So we, we push them away. But in reality, every neighbor is a teacher. And we adore the ones who reflect the nature of spirit, right? We adore the people that come up and say, oh, you look stunning today, or, or how, how much energy I see from you, or it's just so nice to see your smile. We adore those, but we tend to abhor the ones who reflect back those glimpses of that old belief that say, do you think you can do that? Who told you you, could, you were in charge? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> LaRonda, I hit a chord there, huh? <laughs> so neighbors provide us with the greatest temptation at all, of all, and that's the temptation not to love them. So when someone in our lives pushes a button or when you feel a charge or energy that's an emotion. Stop and look and see what are you feeling. It's the emotion is telling you about a belief. The emotion is telling you about a belief that's hiding in the darkness. So I think I shared this story before about someone I worked with many years ago. Her name was Linda. And Linda was training me to do her job. And so everything I did wasn't right. Have you ever worked with anyone like that? She was always telling me, no, you did that wrong. You need to do it this way. Oh, this is a better system than that. Do it this way. Oh, I don't like what you did here. So she was always telling me that. And I had so much animosity towards her. And I thought about her all the time. She was with me all the time, 24-7, because I was thinking about how much I didn't like her. But so, so... She pushed my buttons. And when I got into doing spiritual work and I identified that, I could see that that was my belief, that I'm not enough. And she was, she was speaking to that. And so then, I, once I did that, I wasn't reactive to her criticism. And eventually, it kind of disappeared. So. That's what happens when we're able to face those beliefs. So our passengers represent those hidden fears that are suppressed. And our human tendency is to project those fears around us. This month in the Science of My magazine, Reverend Jim Lockhart said, you know, we all have shadow aspects and we project them onto others. And that, just like I said, when someone's tr behavior triggers us, we deny that we ourselves are the source of our discomfort and we blame them. And the only way to become aware is to notice when we're in reaction. So we believe these beliefs about ourselves to be true. 
And we tend to be in a constant state of managing our reactions to people around us. If you ever notice that you're avoiding somebody, why are you avoiding them? What's the belief? What's going on behind there? What's the feeling? So we begin to notice that. Because it's so easy to take things personally, right? Someone says something, most of the time, they have their own issues that they're going through. And they say things because they're reacting to something. But we tend to take it personally. So the best thing we can do is not take it personally, but look within and say, what am I believing here? So there's three. So when we do this, we become the victim. We're into our victim thinking. And there's three pitfalls to be aware of when we're in victim thinking. And the first one is when we feel powerlessness, when we're trapped. And notice when you have thoughts like, I can't help it. That's just the way I am. Or it's not my fault. Or those people just don't like me. I remember early on, I said that all the time. Oh, they, they, they don't like me. You know, the, I was the victim to it, and they don't like me. I never seem to get ahead. When we say those things, those are, that's our powerlessness. I don't have the power. Somebody else has the power. I'm just here. I'm just me. Yeah, not true. And so we tend to accuse, blame, and complain. I call the ABCs of complaining. We accuse, we blame, and we complain. The second one is denial. And that's when we ignore the outside conditions. And that's what we call rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. <laughs> you know, we're so busy fixing everything on the outside and not paying attention to what's on, going on inside, right? It's we're busy at what the appearance is. Uh, neglecting to balance a checkbook and then wondering why there's not enough money at the end of the month. This denial. A relationship gone bad and refusing to let it go. Denial is getting stuck in victim mentality and thinking everyone else is luckier than I am. Right? They have, somehow have the secret, the magic. And there's two ways we avoid looking at our emotions. We distract ourselves by masking the emotion. We cover up the emotion. Or we appease others so we won't rock the boat. We make it, try to make everybody else happy. And the third one, powerlessness, denial, and the third one is unworthiness, that we want to be loved and accepted by others. And it makes us vulnerable when we're hurt or criticized. We tend to embrace the judgments and criticism as a reflection of unworthiness. So the spiritual principle to all this, to lift us up out of this, is whatever I take responsibility for, I can change. Will you say that with me? Whatever I take responsibility for, I can change. I can change. If I'm responsible, I can change. If I gave up my power, I can't. But if I take responsibility, I can. So the first thing is to respond rather than react. It's so easy to react when something happens. It pushes a button, and we immediately want to, want to defend ourselves or confront. But 
if I take responsibility, and responsibility is the ability to respond, if I can respond rather than react, I can manage my emotions and speak to whatever issue is going on. We can face our fears and take the steps we need to move forward. When we identify these victim thoughts and, and are conscious about them, then we're not reactive, then we're making good choices. And we can make choices to do something. Are you feeling slighted by a friend? Give them a call. Do you ever wonder, why hasn't so-and-so called me? Well, call them. Are you worried about something, a project at work or a project at home? Ask for help. Anytime we take action, we move from being powerless to being empowered. And that's what we want, is to be empowered. So the second is to commit to spiritual practice. And spiritual practice is, we know, meditation, journaling, spiritual reading, prayer. Uh, these are taking time to go within. And that when we do that, we make that connection with the divine. And at the new minister co-creation process, we did a, a process that you may have done with uh, Kate, our practitioner Kate, you may have done in the past, called Fear to Faith. It's moving from fear to faith. And there's a worksheet, and we made it available on the website. And so if you go to the website and go under ministries, I think the third line down, you'll see fear to faith worksheet, and it has the instructions there. But it, what it does is it invites you to look at the condition going on and to evaluate it. And if you do that in a state of openness, spirit does all the work for you. You know, it's not that you have to analyze it and figure it out, but spirit does the work for you as you move through this worksheet and identify these different parts. And the end result you come up with is what's called a releasing prayer. And a releasing prayer is to release the belief that we have, to release the behavior that we have, and to bring into our hearts our spiritual truth, a principle, a quality of God. So let's do one for... Um, abundance, since I talked about lack. And that I know no one else has that issue here. It's just mine. But if you'll do that with me, that'd be great. So we first we start to the, to, uh, the left. I release my belief in lack. I release my belief in lack. I release my need to control. I am grateful. God is the abundance I am. Let's do that again. I release my belief in lack. I release my need to control. I am grateful God is the abundance I am. So what we're doing is we're letting go of the past. The behavior is letting go of the future. And we're being in the moment by bringing in that quality of God, that quality of good. And you can do this for anything in your life. And the, the Fear to Faith worksheet will walk you through it. So that's available. And if you would like a copy, uh, check uh, with one of our practitioners here if you'd like to learn more about using that. But it's a very powerful practice. And I used it when I first learned this practice. Man, I did not want to do it. 
I resisted it horribly. Here's what happens. The postures are there because the postures are uh, a teaching from neuro-linguistic programming of as we, as we move to a different posture, we're moving the cells of the body. We're, we're you know, activating the brain and the cells of the body, and we're moving them and shifting them and changing them. And um, I didn't want to do that, but I did it. And at the time, I was $20,000 in debt. And it was all credit card debt. And I had just moved to the Portland area. And um, I, had a, I had a way out. I was going to find a husband. Because <laughs> if you want to get out of something, then just find somebody else to do that. So I thought, I'll just find a husband. And then he'll take care of my debt, and I won't have to worry about it. So I told my spiritual teacher, I said, I'm $20,000 in debt. I think I have to file bankruptcy. I didn't tell her the husband thing because I didn't want to hear that lecture. Um, uh, I said, I think I'm going to de declare bankruptcy. And she said, well, you can do that. Or you can use the principles. Ouch. Right? <laughs> OK, practice what you preach. You can use the principles. I said, OK. So I did. I prayed. I meditated. I kept a list of my debts. I just paid off each credit card that I could at a time. I did forgiveness work. I was tithing. I did all the things that I learned to do over the years. And within six years, I paid off the debt. Yeah. I paid off the debt, and then I got married. <laughs> And I wrote the last check of the debt uh, a month before I was ordained a minister. Oh, wow. So it was, that was my gateway. That was the work that I had to do. And that's what's available to everybody. I tell you that story not because I'm unique, but this is available to all of us. Whatever the condition is going on, please see a practitioner, get a plan, get, take action. But you can have the things that speak to you in your heart. And the third one I already spoke to is practicing forgiveness. That to be free from being a victim is to forgive. When we don't forgive, we stay in the struggle. And it's a burden that we carry. And I was carrying a burden. I had asked a friend, I had moved up here from San Diego, and I, before I left, I asked a friend if I could borrow money because I had to pay for ministerial school. I didn't know how I was going to do that. Um, and I asked to borrow money, and she, and she said, I'm sorry, I can't. And, and I was upset. Like, why couldn't she? You know, I was kind of incensed. I had to do my forgiveness work. It wasn't about her. And then what, the, what that uncovered, doing that work around her, was she reminded me of my mother. So then I had to do my mother work. Anybody have mother work to do? Thank you, moms, but we still have some work to do around you. Yeah. Our stuff, not your stuff, our stuff. It was my stuff that I had to do. So when we choose love instead of fear, we change the nature of our relationships. And love is expansive, but fear contracts. So once we have that awareness of the victim self, that we can begin to change, that we're willing to see our behavior, and we can step into newness. 
And when we take the time to look beyond the appearances of the world, we, we take action to live more consciously and more compassionately. And Wayne Dyer says, with everything that has happened to you, you can either feel sorry for yourself or treat what happened as a gift. Everything is either an opportunity to grow or an obstacle to keep you from growing. You get to choose. We all get to choose. And so the power is ours. The light is ours. It's right here. And I, I've said this before. It's so important for us to do our own work because we're being called to do this work to be the light for others. And so I had something happened um, uh, the other day. I was uh, hiked a trail, and then we got done, and we went to the park, and we're walking through the park, and there was a woman walking the other way, and she said, did I just pass you over there? And we said, no. And so we stopped to chat, and, and she says, I'm, I'm out of shape. Um, I just got over cancer. I had skin cancer that moved into liver cancer that moved into, she named like five different cancers in her body. And she had worked through them. And then she told us, you know, that she found juicing and she tried different things and it all supported her. And then from there, she started talking about her mom and started telling a story about her mom. But have you ever been with someone who doesn't talk with any periods? <laughs> that they don't take a pause. This was a really, she was pouring her heart out, but there were no pauses in the story. And we, she went from her to her mom and her mom's dementia and the medicine and the family and I, I can't even remember everything. They were going to take her somewhere and this drug didn't work, but this drug did work. And, and I'm standing there going, what, okay, what am I supposed to do? I could recommend, I thought of a book to recommend, but if I did that, I would start a whole new story in another thread. I could invite her here, but that would be a whole new story in another thread. And it's like, so what, what do I do? Oh, of course, I'm gonna pray. So I started this little prayer that I say, and I am loved through the one I see before me. I choose to see you, and this is where you say the person's name, and I went, Oh, if I only knew her name. And, and she's still talking, and she says, and then my mother said, Susan, what are you thinking about? I said, I am love through the one I see before me. I choose to see you, Susan, in love. I choose to see you in your worth. I choose to see you in your right to be. And I did my little prayer around her and just kept like, what is mine to do? And somewhere she knew she was doing this, and she stopped and she said, thank you so much for listening to me. And then she went on, that wasn't the end, she went on. And, and I was like really slowly kind of like, like backing up because we had had a whole day and we were ready to go. And finally she got to a point and we, we both, my friend and I congratulated her on everything that she's been through and keep up the good work. And she stopped and she said, I needed to tell this story so much. Thank you for listening to me. And what I realized is we talk about we're here to have a better world, to be connected in a better world. And it's those little 
moments that we have to be there for somebody, those little moments to listen, that there was nothing for me to do, for either of us to do, except be fully present and listen to her fully and completely. And I really got that's what she needed. And so this is the work that we do. This is why it's so important for us to, to understand the, our fears of the darkness and the bringing in the light, of letting go of the old, of bringing in a quality of God, that it's so important for us to do that. Because the power that we're searching for cannot be found in the physical world. That we are empowered by spirit. The power we want is being empowered. And when we're empowered by spirit, we're available, we're present. We're whoever comes around, we're there. We hold the light for them. So the light that is God is love. And that light has the power to heal, to forgive, and to make new. So when we turn to our divine self instead of our victim self, we are powerful. We experience our worthiness, and we live in harmony and freedom. Let's say that to get, repeat after me. I am powerful. I am empowered. I experience my worthiness. I live in harmony and freedom. I am grateful. I live in love. And so it is. And I will close with my favorite saying from a dear friend who just passed on. And he always said, stay in the grace. So stay in the grace. Blessings. So let's take all this goodness into prayer. How grateful I am to know and recognize this infinite presence of love and light as God, as love, as goodness, as grace. How grateful I am to know this infinite power, this divine presence, this creative expression in the world is the light, is the goodness, and is that which moves in and through each one of us, it is the very breath that we breathe. And so I know this day we claim this light, we claim this goodness, we claim this love. We know that we are one with the divine. And we know that this divine moves in, in and through and as us lifting us up in a greater, a higher vibration of love each day. We move in congruence with this higher vibration of love in pure ecstasy of the goodness that we receive. I know each of us, as we go out into the world, we go out with love and light. I know the divine feminine blesses each one of us this day as we celebrate our moms, as we celebrate the divine feminine in each one of us. How grateful I am. We go out with love and light and grace, and together we affirm. And so it is. So it is. Thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. 
The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Our inspirational service is at 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.